This is PG. Everything. It's PG. Oh, it could be not PG. You don't have to make it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I normally talk. Oh, were you planning so. on? Were you planning on like swearing? The whole not really. Thing? No. Just dropping f bombs. Welcome to Sofa Chats by The Cushion, a freshly launched blog focusing solely on personal finance. Everything to do with spending, budgeting, the money in your checking account, and maybe lack thereof in your savings. We're here to help you out with all of that. I'm Alicia. And I'm Adina, and we're the co-founders of The Cushion, and we both have a background in business journalism. We met during our masters, and then we became work friends. And real life friends. <laughs> we're not personal finance experts, so we wanted to devote 20 minutes each month on this podcast to an actual expert in any and every field related to money. This week, we're talking about buying a home. Now, most of us are probably renters at this stage in our lives. I know I am. Uh, when we're just starting our first jobs out of school, or if you've only been working for a few years, you're probably at this stage. Most of us probably have home buying on the mind as a goal though to achieve in maybe five or 10 years, or maybe not. Um, but even renting these days seems intimidating. Um, Adina, you were looking to move soon. How's the condo hunt going? It's a little crazy, to be honest. Um, I'm, I find that it, First of all, I feel like there's not a lot out there for me to choose from. That's the first thing. Um, but then even then, I, I go there, I check it out. You know, I'm like, is this worth it? And then you see the price, and it's just, you know, it, it's a, it's it's challenging. I'm having a hard time. But you you and, and your partner, um, you moved into your place in like June, about a year right? ago. About a year yeah. ago, and how did well, you find it? Well, it was a year, like six months. I mean, the moving process was stressful, but we only looked at condos for one day, and we found our condo. Um, it just was so much better than like the other two condos we had looked at before. It was so nice and bright and centrally located. And it wasn't too badly priced. Like it was cheaper than condos that were located further away and that were older. So that was nice. But it's easier to look for a condo with a partner because mm. you're splitting those costs mm -hmm. in most cases. In most cases, yeah. But as a single person, I imagine it's difficult to like find something that's in your budget. I find that, yeah, you definitely have to uh, not necessarily look with someone, but I mean, in the end, Getting with someone, renting with someone, <laughs> renting with well, someone. Are you talking about relationships? No, 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 no. Just like you need a roommate, basically. I think. Yeah, but like, who wants to have a roommate at this stage of their life? I don't. Like, if you, if you I know can me, I tolerate my fiance, but like a stranger or even a close friend, I'd be like, no, get away. I know that's, that's how I am. You know me. I'm like, I'm very. I need to be by myself. So yeah, but you're, so you're gonna live on your own. Uh, that that's the plan. Yeah, to 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 do it all by myself, but that does make it more challenging. But are you condo hunting right now, or did you kind of put it on pause? I so I went hard at the end of the year, and then I, I I kind of slowed down a little bit just because I'm not seeing anything that really catches my eye. But I mean, like, was it hard for you when you? I mean, you had those three options, but leading up to that, yeah, a lot of the places that we had put on our so we use condos.ca, and a lot of the places basically when you get in touch with a realtor, uh, they ask you to give them a list of the properties you're interested in and they should all be in the same area so you technically for each day that you're with your realtor you're only looking at one area of the city or like one neighborhood so we narrowed it down to like five or six properties that we were interested in by the time we met with our realtor two days later two of them had already been sold or rented out so that was difficult because it, it did feel limiting um, and by the time you meet with your realtor you've already set like which properties you want to go to you can't really change the plan that much um, so in that case, it was difficult, but it just worked out that we found the perfect property that first day. So it was okay. So is there, is there hope for me? There's hope for you. Yeah. But what was like the worst thing you saw from your condo hunting? Worst thing I saw? Yeah. <laughs> so 
those are gross. Oh, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, the... I have a thing. I, I'm the type of person that needs the new, the brand new. Yeah. The brand new The bathroom. The brand new... Yeah, I, I can't do I the... I can't deal with ugly, gross washers. And I don't like carpet. I, I mean, like carpet, carpet, the problem is that, like, the person who lives there before you, they're, like body part like their dna is like in the carpet you know like they sweat in that carpet just like the like toilet a- just like the toilet that's true i know i, know. I don't want to talk about <laughs> but i mean yeah like I, I think that also adds that extra hindrance for me like you know Our first guest on the Sofa Chats podcast is Sean Cooper, personal finance expert and author of the book, Burn Your Mortgage. He paid off his mortgage in three years by the time he was 30. He's a financial writer, a pension analyst, and when he was paying off his mortgage, he also worked in the meat department of a grocery store. Obviously, he has his finances all in order and knows all about sacrifices people need to make when saving money. And he joins us now to help us sort out our financial situations. Thanks for joining us, Sean. So you paid off your mortgage in three years. Obviously, that involved being financially savvy and uh, pretty significant budgeting. So what are your kind of three top tips, general tips that any young person who owns a mortgage or doesn't own a mortgage can apply to their own lives? Well, I would say first and foremost, you need to set yourself a goal of actually owning a house because if you just say you want to own a house one day, then, you know, one day never may happen. So set yourself, as I mentioned in my book, set yourself a smart goal and say, I want to perhaps like own a detached house or like a condo in maybe two or three years rather than just saying one day and actually work your way backwards from that and figure out exactly how much money you'd need to save from each paycheck in order to do that and then basically pay yourself first have that money automatically go into a savings account so that it's out of sight out of sight out of mind and you're not tempted to spend it and my second tip would be a lot of people assume that it costs the same amount of money to own a house that does to rent but that's not necessarily the case when you own a house there are so many more expenses as i know myself from doing major renovations my dishwasher flooded and caused two thousand dollars worth of damage like i wouldn't have to deal with that as a renter so repairs and maintenance is, is a big one so basically i'd recommend that people actually um, create a mock budget for when they would be a homeowner and just have a look at how that would affect their monthly cash flow so that, that there aren't any unpleasant surprises and um a third tip would be um, be prepared to make some sort of financial sacrifices because, as I mentioned, owning a house is more expensive than renting. So if you're somebody who is a foodie or has a travel bug and you know you couldn't uh, get by without your six trips a year to tropical destinations, um, then perhaps owning a house isn't right for you. So ask yourself those questions, take a good look in the mirror and figure out whether or not it makes sense for you to own a house right now in your in your life but you own you so you work three jobs while trying to pay off your mortgage right yes so what kind of stuff did you do in your in your daily life that also helped you save money and put it towards the mortgage sure so uh when i was in university uh, what really helped me as a graduated debt free with actually money in the bank so i was working like three four jobs back then uh i was working for like ryerson university um their MBA office, also worked part-time at a supermarket. I worked in the meat department even though I was a vegetarian, so that shows how determined I was. And uh, also was a financial journalist back 
then I just started doing that. So um, by doing all those things together and working full time during the summer time, uh, I was able to graduate debt free with money in the bank. And then after I graduated, I worked full time for uh, three years time. And then I was also doing like side hustle. I was again writing and working at the supermarket and doing some money coaching. So between my full time job and that, I was able to like bring in six figures every year and uh, I just saved like um, like 80% of that and put it away and I was still paying my mother rent but um, by saving my money so much of it I was able to come up with that massive down payment of $170,000 uh, which I, I watch the show Property Virgins and sometimes the couple can only come up with like 50000 so I came up with 170000 <laughs> And so. on your own too, right? Yes. A couple obviously brings more, but were you able to have a social life during that time, do you feel like? Uh, perhaps not as much as, as I want to, but um, I guess the message of my book is that, you know, you don't have to live in the basement, eat craft dinner like me. There's definitely a balance that you can strike, but you know, set yourself a goal and uh, figure out what works best for you based on your life situation and financial situation. And you know, maybe it doesn't make sense to pay off your mortgage in three years, but you know, at least aim to pay it off sooner than 25 years. Like many people just make the minimum payment, maybe aim to pay it off in 10, 15 or 20 years. And at least you can enjoy financial freedom that much sooner and not have to worry and stress about the uh, fact that interest rates could be going up because it's nice to not have a mortgage and be able to celebrate that I'm actually going to make more money being a saver. So yeah. So what was behind like this determination to do this? Like, how, what drove you to want to get all of this out of the way so early on? You know, because most people just aren't thinking about that, right? Mm -hmm. So what what's behind that for you? It's definitely to do with my upbringing because like being raised by like a single mother and uh, as I mentioned in my book like she uh, lost her job on a couple occasions like during the dot-com bubble as well as the financial crisis and you know being like a mortgage payment or two away from losing the family house and essentially like being out on the streets that definitely like uh, um, uh, affected me so I didn't want to be in the same situation I was also a single owner in Toronto so I just wanted to protect myself as, as much as possible and that's why I had like all those side hustles if I ever lost my full-time job I could the side hustle would get me by and like I was a landlord too so that definitely helped me with my cash flow so basically just wanted to get my mortgage paid off as soon as possible and not have to stress about those mortgage payments and be able to enjoy financial freedom and uh, uh, be able to travel and do all the other things that I like to do uh, without having to worry about you know um, losing my job or anything like that. So that was the main reason just to uh, get the mortgage finished with and uh, not carried into retirement or anything like some people, I guess, unfortunately are doing these days. So, But you saw a mortgage as a goal that you definitely want to achieve at some point, something inevitable, I guess, that you would have to deal with, right? So you just want to get it over early with. Do you think that a lot of people still have that mentality who might be in their 20s or 30s that a mortgage is something inevitable? Or do you see the sentiment turning towards just accepting the fact that you'll be renting for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that um, there's no right age for everyone to buy a house because it really depends on where you're at in your life. For example, if you're a younger person and you don't know whether you're going to be in the same uh, city, let alone the same province or country, like you're willing to hop on a plane tomorrow and take a job promotion in another province or Europe or somewhere, then probably doesn't make sense to own a house but if you're at the point in your life where you're ready to put down roots you have a stable job um, because a lot of lenders want like 
two or three years with their earnings and like want you to work at the same place, um, then at that point in time, then I think it might make sense to own a house. But you really have to ask those questions and um, be willing to, I guess, stay put for at least five years time because with the transactional costs of real estate, the closing costs, uh, the real estate lawyers fee, land transfer tax and all that, like it doesn't make sense to keep buying and selling constantly or moving all around town and, and, and the country. So um, yeah, I think for a lot of millennials, if they're not ready to settle down and they'd like to travel and enjoy themselves in their like, you know, 20s, that's perfectly fine. But perhaps when you're ready to get married or ready to start a family, then that can be the point where it makes sense to buy a house. So with the housing market the way it is in Toronto and for the majority of, of Canada, really, um, is there like would you say there's a magic number that um, uh, people should be at in terms of savings and earnings um, in order to buy a property, or like a percentage, a percentage, like just yeah. a range, or? I would say okay. So the piece of advice that I give in my book is that um, if you're in an affordable mar- market like let's say Saskatoon or um, like Winnipeg definitely aim for 20% down payment, but in a city like Toronto, Vancouver, it's just not realistic. So I would say aim for like a 10% down payment in in those cities, because uh, if you aim for a 20% down payment, it can take many years and 10% kind of seems to be the sweet spot in terms of like mortgage default insurance, because if you only put down 5%, mortgage default insurance is high. And also, you know, if property values fall, then, you know, you could find your mortgage underwater when you're uh, mortgage comes up for renewal. So that's kind of why I think you should aim for like uh, 10% down payment because um, at least it gives you some buffer in case uh, housing market corrects. And if you only put 5% down, once you take the closing co- cost into account, like you're almost underwater at that point in time. So yeah, I'd say just aim for that 10% down payment. And uh, once you have that and you can afford all the ongoing costs of owning a house, like property taxes and uh, and maintenance and all that, that's when it might make sense to own a house. Yeah, I think what's kind of scary for me as a potential homeowner at some point in the future is that things can change so quickly, like interest rates can go up or there could be a housing bubble that bursts finally, right? Mm-hmm. So um, especially, and also these new stress tests that just came out. So we hear a lot of talk about the stress tests. Can you just explain them for us, how you would to any just anybody on the street and uh, what does it mean for people who are thinking of buying a home or planning to buy a home at some point in the near future? Sure so with the new mortgage stress test you essentially have to qualify at a mortgage rent rate 2% higher than your contract rate so let's say your mortgage rate was like 3.19% you'd have to qualify at 5.19% and uh, for some buyers it cuts their purchasing power by about 20% so let's say you could go out before under the old rules and spend $500,000 on a condo maybe you can only spend $400,000 on a condo under the new rules so um, I don't think for some people like the marginal buyers the people that were really on the edge you know coming in with a shoestring budget of 5% it might push those people out of the market but like survey after survey I said that Millennials for them like they view home ownership as a good long-term investment So I think they'll find a way to get into the market Whether um, I just think they'll more than likely move down maybe down a rung on the property ladder So instead of perhaps owning like a detached house or semi-detached house Perhaps they might start with like a townhouse or condo So I don't think they're going to give up on the dream of home ownership because people view it as long-term investment they'll just kind of uh, you know, maybe lower their expectations by a bit and at least get into the market and start 
building up equity. I think that's the important part. Did you look at buying a condo potentially when you were looking for a home or did you always want a detached house? Do you have a detached house? Yes, yes. Yeah. Yes, I live in a three-bedroom bungalow and the reason that I purchased a detached house was I'm not a big fan of shoveling the snow and mowing the lawn. I don't enjoy that that part of it, but I just viewed a house as a good long-term investment and I also want to be a landlord and rent out part of my property. So having a townhouse or a condo, like perhaps I could do some sort of room sharing with Airbnb, but it's not really easy to do. Like at my house, I can rent out an entire floor and it's like um, a self-contained unit, but with a condo, like you'd have to have roommates and, you know, I just don't really uh, I like my it. personal space. So that's why I went with a house when I uh, bought my original property. Do you still rent out the room now, the additional space? Yes, I actually, um, I actually still live in the basement and rent up the upstairs. So yeah, that's how I brought in even more income. I lived in the basement and rented out the upstairs and people like to think oh or like to say you're crazy to do something like that but my basement apartment has got like hardwood floors and like a fireplace and it's over a thousand square feet so it's bigger than most people's condo it's probably double the size of, of some of these like you know shoebox condos in downtown toronto so it's i don't feel bad living there i barely home as it is anyway so it doesn't make sense to have some huge three-bedroom house for on my own i wouldn't know what to do with all the space so I wonder, like, do you think it's worth it to buy a condo? I know you're a house guy, but mm -hmm. would you say for some people that it is, in fact, worth it to go that route? Yes, definitely, because, like, you know, you're building up the equity and you're getting your foot in the, the um, like, real estate market. And by building up that equity, when you're ready to move up the, um, like, property ladder and perhaps go to a townhouse or house, um, it, it's it's good to have like you know the housing prices generally go up in the future I mean I can't say that for certain but um, it also gets you in that habit of uh, being responsible as a homeowner and getting used to paying property taxes and all the ongoing expenses that come along with the house so um, you know if you're used to paying that as a condo owner then it's not that much of a stretch to become a homeowner or you're already used to putting that money aside, I think it's a good exercise in being financially responsible because there are, you know, people have argued you can come out as well being a renter as a homeowner if you take that extra cash flow and invest it. But the problem is nobody's forcing you to invest that extra cash flow. So a lot of people go on trips and blow their money instead. So I just think it's good to have that responsibility of being a property owner, even if it's just a condo. So it can prepare you for maybe moving up into a house later on. But don't condo fees? I mean, it seems like they could just, there's like no cap on condo fees, mm -hmm. right? Did that deter you at all from buying a condo? Yeah, or would I mean, that deter you if you had to make that decision? Yeah, I mean, if you read some of my tweets, I definitely don't have very nice things to say about <laughs> condo. And I hate their rules about pets. And, you know, if you think office politics are bad, it's nothing compared to condo board politics. So, I mean, uh, that being said, like, they're definitely good condos. Like, my mother is moving to a nice condo and um, you just have to be selective with the condo and um, me personally I wouldn't really feel comfortable buying like a new condo because like you just don't know what you're buying like maybe I might consider buying it from like a builder with a good reputation but um, at least for some of the older uh, resale condos I would say for Millennials not to dismiss them right away because like my mother for example was renting a condo and her condo fees included everything all the utilities including cable so you know there are still some good condos out there with well-managed like 
condo boards, I would just say make sure that you do your homework and have a real estate lawyer involved and make sure that the reserve funds are sufficient so that your condo fees don't get jacked up a ton, like you said, because nobody really enjoys having their condo fees go up 10% a year. Like, yeah, that's a lot of that's money. Crazy. So. Um, what about when you were buying a home? So there are a lot of costs involved in even looking and then when you finally decide on a home to actually do all the closing costs and everything like that. Can you just lay out what that process was like and then all the additional fees that you had to pay extra? Like for instance, when we, I was considering buying a place with my partner, then when we started to look at like there's a certain percentage you have to pay the realtor, all the closing costs as well, furnishing. Like it seems like there's so many costs up front that people don't think about as well. No, I totally agree. They uh, like to call the closing costs like the hidden costs of real estate because many people like I've heard of some unfortunate millennials where they're like, oh, closing costs will just be a couple thousand bucks. And then, you know, they don't anticipate like all the expenses that come along with it, like furnishing a lot of people forget about that but the big one that can big, be like 15 grand additional ex- yeah. if not more exactly yeah. right? I mean for an entire home oh my god like, yeah. I'll tell you a funny story my parents when they bought their first house they literally used like a cardboard box as their like uh, <laughs> table to eat dinner on so I'm not sure millennials want to do that these days but yeah, you definitely have to factor in furniture unless you want to eat off a cardboard box but yeah there's so many uh, like hidden costs like land transfer tax is a big one at least you get a rebate on that as a first time home buyer but if you're buying in Toronto you face a double land transfer tax and it can be quite costly but there are calculators online that can help you uh, figure out what your closing costs would be and budget for that but my best piece of advice would be don't put every penny towards your like down payment because you need some sort of extra money to cover those closing costs because there's the Home inspection fee, uh, real estate lawyer fee, land transfer tax, furnishing. Um, there's like you have to hire movers or like mm-hmm. uh, like do U-Haul moving truck. I mean, definitely costs money. So um, like I outline those costs in my book, but definitely create a budget for you know when you're going from searching to a house to actually getting into your house because all those small expenses can add up to you know thousands of dollars easily five thousand dollars so or more or even ten thousand dollars so definitely crunch the numbers ahead of time so you're not caught caught off guard and you don't have to go on your hands and knees and beg the in-laws for a loan (laughs) at the 11th hour so yeah i just wanted to also ask um like i feel like this generation is just a much more mobile generation like we're moving from job to job we're like you know we're frequent travelers really um so how long would you say that you need to live in one place um to buy a house um, so for it to make sense, I generally say for rule of thumb, you should at least be willing to say put five years or longer. Mm-hmm. So, um, like I said, a lot of millennials want to travel and they're, they don't want to be tied down. So, um, for younger people, it might not make sense to own a house, but you know, once you're ready, you uh, are ready to settle down with your partner, maybe start a family, then it can make sense to buy a house at that point in time. But I'll tell you a funny story, like uh, the house that I the owner of my house that I um, bought my property from, like he was an airline pilot and he was moving all around the country and he'd move from like city to city every year or two. Like um, he he definitely wasn't an ideal person to own a house and like he was never home and like it was just a like a a pain to own a house for him. So people just think, oh, you know, I I should automatically strive to own a house. Like it's the be all and end all. But for, uh, you know, 
for a lot of people it doesn't make sense so just ask yourself those questions you know are you willing to stay put five years time um, do you have that cash flow to support the ongoing expenses of a house um, uh, and you know if the if it makes sense for you definitely consider buying a house but it doesn't make sense for everyone you don't want to be unhappy and feel like a um, prisoner in your own house if you have to give up all your trips and everything that you love to afford the ongoing expenses of a house. So Sean, are you still eating craft dinner for dinner every night? Or are you uh, <laughs> I guess, uh, onto it, fancier things? Well, uh, you know, I, I splurge every once in a while and get the like white cheddar kind. So, <laughs> <laughs> so are you going to carry this kind, this lifestyle that you've been, um, you know, you've you've been following basically? Are you going to continue that going forward, or? I guess, uh, you know, uh, being frugal, um, I guess it's a bit of a curse, like, uh, I feel I feel bad, like, going to the uh, higher-end grocery stores, like, uh, you know, I'll, I'll feel bad for a week after doing something like that, but, yeah, I'm, I'm able, like, something that's important to me that I always wanted to do was travel, so uh, I plan to make traveling, like, a big priority going forward, uh, like, I'm going to April, uh, like in April to BC to do some book events there. So I generally mix like business and, and pleasure, but I'm planning to do a big trip to Europe this year and see the rest of the world because the great thing about being financially free at a young age is that um, I'm still healthy and able to, you know, go see the pyramids of Egypt or go hiking up mountains. So might as well take uh, advantage of my youth because people work so hard their entire life to pay off their mortgage and then, um, you know, they end up being 65 and they don't feel like doing all that stuff so I definitely think I should take advantage of um, the situation the great situation that I'm in and uh, travel and see as much of the world as I can and enjoy myself Sean where can we find you online what are your socials yes you can uh, read my blog at seancooperwriter.com that's s-e-a-n-c-o-o-p-e-r writer.com you can also follow me on twitter at seancooperwriter.com Right, and um, you can also uh, follow me on Facebook at Sean Cooper Writer. And of course, be sure to check out my book, Burn Your Mortgage, uh, for more great tips on uh, being a homeowner and paying off your mortgage sooner. So thanks for joining us, Sean. Um, and thanks for listening to our first Sofa Chat. We'll talk to you soon.